The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 145 of the podcast, or you're joining me live here on YouTube. Either way, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks to everybody who has been leaving us ratings and reviews on all the podcast sites that you are tuning in on, because it definitely helps us out quite a bit. Today is Sunday, June the 23rd, and unfortunately, I will be solo this afternoon jeff the animal wilson is feeling under the weather and normally he would tough it out to get on the show and deliver content for you guys but he's got a bad cough so he didn't feel like he would be able to give his best today but he wanted me to deliver the message that he never doubted the korean zombie for a minute and of course he wishes he could be joining us here on this uh weekend of combat sports and what a weekend of combat sports it was. We had so much going on. But uh, if you guys want to get a hold of Jeff and and send him well wishes and, and wish him a speedy recovery, you can do so at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, so I'm going to try to keep this pretty short and to the point this week because, quite honestly, I'm exhausted, guys. I attended the bare-knuckle boxing fighting championship six event last night the florida state fairgrounds in tampa florida and this would not be something i'm normally into uh not because i think the bare knuckle boxing is too barbaric or anything like that i i'm just not interested i i don't think i don't think i i need to compartmentalize a sport i already enjoy you know, by taking one aspect of it and, and kind of putting a new twist on it. It's kind of like all the jiu-jitsu competitions that are coming out with all different rules and everything. It becomes a little bit overwhelming, and it's just too much to follow. I love MMA. I love covering MMA. I'll talk about boxing if it interests me enough. Um, but the bare-knuckle thing, it it just doesn't it just doesn't grab me. It doesn't grab my attention. It was a pretty... Um, decently run event. Uh, the production was was okay for a, a live show. But the reason I was in attendance is because two of my teammates were fighting on the card. Uh, Jared Hayes, who unfortunately didn't come away with a win uh, on the prelims. And my other teammate, Dave Mundell, who you've probably heard me talk about many times on the show before, came away with the most exciting win on this entire card. First round knockout for Dave the Redneck Mundell so big congratulations to him I have never been so relieved to have uh, a teammates fight over with um, you, you know it's it's not something you necessarily want to see your friends engage in and people you know people you train with and people you care about do um, you know of course there's there's a lot of risk involved in MMA, but 
you know, you see the way they're marketing this thing. They're trying to make it barbaric and, you know, threatening to withhold people's money if they don't have exciting and bloody fights and stuff like this. And, um, yeah, I, I can't necessarily get on board with that. But uh, Dave coming away with a win, uh, he looked great. Uh, he's he's really a phenomenal boxer. And he even took this fight at 185 pounds, which I prefer to see him fight at welterweight. But, um, you know, this was the contract he was offered and, you know, they, they paid him well to do it. So I'm definitely happy for him. But, uh, man, my stomach was in knots uh, sitting in the audience uh, taking this in. Uh, I was really I was really worried. And, um, you know, luckily he ended it pretty quick, about 90 seconds. So uh, the reason I'm exhausted, I went to this thing and then I, I was so happy for him. I decided to attend his after party in downtown Tampa, which for those of you who know me and know me in real life, not just on this podcast, um, but also from listening to me talk, I, you know, I'm the kind of guy who likes to sip bourbon on a Saturday night and, uh, and go to bed when the fights are over. I'm not a stay out all night kind of guy at this stage in my life. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit, you know, I'm a father now. I've got other responsibilities that I need to take care of, but you know, uh, I I let the uh, emotions of my buddy winning this bare knuckle boxing match get the better of me, and decided to go out and and close the club down, and, and uh, definitely felt my age last night, folks. Um, for for anyone who's curious, but I, I got home at about four in the morning, and uh, woke up to a sick baby. And that's what I get for staying out until 4 in the morning. Baby had a 102-degree fever. Um, but that's the way it goes, you know. You you, uh, <laughs> you you get a little bit of ego and think you could handle a, a late night out, and then karma kicks you right in the testicles. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm running on very little sleep, so I apologize if I'm not delivering the same energy you guys are accustomed to, but uh, the bare knuckle boxing. So I I feel like overall I I found myself very bored at this event. Um, you, you know, some of the fights were exciting, but uh, for me it was more about enjoying uh, being around my team and uh, you know cheering on a teammate. But the actual sport itself. Um, I just couldn't find myself getting into it. You know, the, the strategy involved uh, with, with the knuckles exposed and, uh, you know, some of the talent we saw on this show. You, you know, we saw guys who had retired long ago from mixed martial arts that uh, I really hate to see still competing like Chris Lieben and, and Joe Diesel Riggs and Joey Beltran. You know, these guys are, are legends in my book, uh, for anyone who's been following mixed martial arts for a long time and to see them have to do stuff like this uh, instead of, uh, you know, having radio shows or or writing articles or teaching in their own gyms, which I, I know they're doing some of that as well. But to see these guys, you know, who are, you know, some of them in their 40s uh, fighting bare knuckle boxing, um I guess for the money or just for the love of competition, uh, whatever the reason, it's just not something I can really 
I can really get behind. Um, and, and, you know, maybe I'm being a bit of a downer for people who enjoyed it. But uh, I, I'll give you a little bit of analysis on the event. Now, it, you know, it's always hard to score a fight when you're there live because there's so many distractions. There's so much visual stimulation. There's, uh, you know, the lights and the screens and people and you're, you're reacting to, you know, your reactions are influenced by the reactions of the people around you. So I'll talk to you about the main event, which went to a decision. Artem Lobov, uh, Conor McGregor's teammate, of course, winning a unanimous decision over Pauli Malignaggi, world champion boxer, another guy who I have no idea why he's doing this. You know, here's a guy who was at the top of a sport in, in boxing, and he was a he was a very good boxer. Uh, he had a great job with Showtime doing commentary. He got compensated very well, but uh, this is another instance of, I guess, ego getting the better of someone. So let's rewind a little bit. This all started when Pauli Malignaggi was asked to come be a sparring partner for Conor McGregor when he was preparing to fight Floyd Mayweather. I'll give you the abridged version uh, because I know you guys are all familiar with, with the background of all this, uh, but I just want to establish the context here. So he goes out, he spars with Conor. Conor maybe knocks him down, maybe he didn't but releases a short video clip that implies that he knocked him down. And it, it was up for debate for a long time. Pauly never let it go. I mean, this is a, two years ago now, and he's still talking about how it wasn't a knockdown. And he has been on a mission to prove that he's a better boxer than a guy who's not even a boxer. And I guess he felt he could prove this point by boxing his friend without gloves. I don't really see the logic here. I don't see how this makes sense. Even if he came in and and knocked out Artem uh, like he intended to do or he said he was going to do, I don't really see what point that proves. Um, but in any case, I don't want to completely suck all the fun out of this. So they have the fight. In my opinion, from what I saw, Pauly outboxed Artem. And by that, I mean... He slipped and evaded shots and scored points more efficiently than Artem did. However, this was not a boxing match. Uh, don't be fooled by the name bare knuckle boxing. They're not looking for people to be able to avoid getting hit and play uh, a Floyd level, uh, Floyd um, Mayweather mastery level uh, game. And avoid getting hit and and land pitter patter shots here. They're looking for blood and aggression. Uh, you know, we always talk about the rules of MMA: uh, effective striking, grappling, aggression, octagon control. Uh, that that's not how boxing is scored. Paulie fought this fight as if it were a boxing match, instead of being an aggressor. And as the fight went on, it looked like he was less and less interested in actually landing strikes. He he came to admit later that he may have broken his hand in the second round. Artem came pushing forward, swinging the entire time. And yeah, he whiffed on a lot of these. Um, 
If you told me you scored it three rounds to two for Malinaji because you know you favor that boxing style, I'm not gonna argue with you. Uh, if you tell me you scored it three to two for Artem because he was pushing forward and he did more damage and he landed the bigger shots, I'm not gonna argue with you. I don't think it's very clear what the scoring criteria is for this bare knuckle boxing. I think they're hoping to not even have any judges' decisions. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what they're looking for, but if what they're looking for is aggression and uh, attempts to finish the fight and, and put on a show, then Artem is the winner. No question. Hands down. He won this fight. Uh, and at the end of it, you saw Paulie's face, uh, and he went on a 20-minute rant at the end of this thing talking about <laughs> You know, he only got hit with like one clean shot. Meanwhile, his face is completely busted and cut up. Uh, so he clearly got touched up. Now, to the untrained eye, it, it may look like he was getting hit more than he was. He was rolling with a lot of Artem's punches. And, you know, he's able to move out of the way just enough to not get hit. And and a couple of those shots may have been the ones that nicked him. And, and you know, with the knuckles exposed, you're going to get cut fairly easily. I'll tell you another thing that happened. Nobody in attendance seemed to give a shit who won this fight when it was over. Once it went to a decision, this place was clearing out. Uh, and when Paulie was going on his tirade, uh, you know, half the arena was already in their cars and, and getting out of there. So I don't know who listened to it. I don't know what the pay-per-view numbers are for this. I know there were a lot of uh, illegal streams floating around and people were just you know, trying to watch us in the background while the UFC was on. I don't know how well the event performed and, uh, you know, what the future of this organization is. They crowned a couple of champions last night. And, you know, they have some guys under, like, 10-fight contracts. Um, and, you know, if you feel like your future is to fight 10 matches in bare-knuckle boxing, um, I don't have any advice for you. Um, I'll just say good luck. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the future of this sport is. Personally, I feel like it's just a trend and it'll be a, a quickly passing trend. And that's really all I have to say about it. I, you know, I'm happy for my teammate, Dave Mundell. He looked fantastic in his fight last night. Um, personally, I would love to see him return to MMA because I think he's very gifted as a mixed martial artist and um you know i would like to see him do that but uh you know if this is an avenue that's gonna open up opportunities and and help secure him financially then then that's what i want for him too um speaking of mixed martial arts let's get into it so i had to watch these fights uh this morning um you know while while nursing my sick child on on little to no sleep so um, it, maybe I'm not going to give you guys the best analysis today, but I, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing it. So let's talk about it. UFC Fight Night 154, Hinato Moicano versus the Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung. Both of these guys were coming off of losses. So, you know, they're, they're both still ranked in this featherweight division, looking to get to, to bounce back. They're both looking for this rebound. Korean Zombie looked phenomenal in this fight. He comes out very stoic, very flat-footed, and what he did 
was trigger Moicano to engage. He threw out uh, a jab just to see how Moicano would counter. And when Moicano came back with a left, uh, I think Korean Zombie knew he had him at that point. And then waited for him to throw that left again, slipped his head just enough off the center line and came with a right hand over the top that Moicano was blocking his vision from with his own arm and landed right on the chin. And the most impressive thing about this finishing knockout sequence was Korean Zombie never took his eyes off of his target. So even with arms flailing in his face and Moicano falling to the ground, his eyes were laser focused on Moicano's face and he was even able to land another hook on the way down. Um, Just a phenomenal sequence here. And if you're a striking coach and you want to teach picture-perfect head movement into counter-striking, this is it. Um, you know, he moved just out of the way enough and and timed, t- timed that counter-strike so perfectly. And credit to Moicano here because he hung in there where a lot of guys would have been finished just from those strikes. Uh, I mean, they were right on the button. And, you know, that extra hook on the way down probably didn't help matters anymore. But, um, you know, he did hang in there a little longer. Um, the referee let it go on a little bit. But Chan Sung Jung just jumps on the back and and pounds Moicano out. And the referee had to jump in and save him. Just looked phenomenal. Um, personally, I would like to see here a, a rematch with, with uh, Korean Zombie. And Jose Aldo, um, you know, Aldo's having a bit of a resurgence in his career. Korean Zombie uh, could always be a highlight, uh, a main event. So maybe make this a, a fight night or even a co-main event on a pay-per-view. You'll remember the last time they fought in 2013, um, you know, Aldo got the TKO over Korean Zombie, but uh, Korean Zombie had that weird thing happened where his shoulder kind of popped out and then just wasn't the same for the rest of the fight so you know it's been a a a fair amount of time i think we can run this one back uh call main event randy brown looking looking very good against brian barbarina and getting the tko in the third round so randy brown had a distinctive reach advantage but he didn't use it to keep distance he instead decided to stay in the pocket with Barbarina which I thought was very interesting and he used his footwork and he used his length in a way to keep Barbarina from closing the distance even though they were in the pocket and uh, just a great finishing sequence from him Uh, he dropped Barbarina with a nasty body shot Uh, Randy Brown just looking awesome in there uh, against a really tough guy in Barbarina. And unfortunately for Barbarina, second fight in a row where he gets put away, TKO'd in the third round. So uh, maybe some time off for him. And, uh, you know, Randy Brown looking good, man. Uh, he looks like he's put on some size. He, he looks a little bit bigger, a little bit more filled out, really coming into his own. I know uh, Animal Wilson was, was cheering for uh, Randy Rude Boy Brown because he trains at Henzo Gracie's. Uh, in New York. Uh, so he was able to rebound from that loss against Nico Price, which uh, was almost a year ago now. So, you know, 
he took a bad knockout. He did the smart thing. He took almost a year off and came back and looked phenomenal. Uh, so I, I don't know what's what's next for him necessarily. Um, you know, this is a stacked welterweight division uh, w- with a lot of bottlenecking at the top. So I, I would like to see him get in there with one of these uh, strong wrestlers in the division, though, I think. Uh, that would be an interesting test for him. Uh, but, you know, pushed up to the co-main event, and I think he definitely uh, used his chance to shine very well. Um, a- another fight, this was the craziest fight of the night probably, Andre Yule and Anderson Dos Santos. These guys just fucking slugged it out. Th- this is the kind of fight that they were hoping to see in the Bare Knuckle Boxing Championship. Uh, Andre Yule... Um, Getting a unanimous decision, and uh, rightfully so. You know he was he was so creative with his angles and his strikes, and these guys fought in a phone booth, but he was still able to. The way he popped in and out of the pocket, uh, you know, he would throw a jab, jump out to avoid a strike, and then jump back in to land another strike. That's something that's so hard to master. Uh, in striking it's so hard to teach somebody how to do it's so hard to get the timing down to react just right because you have to not only time your first strike time your opponent's strike to get out of the way of it and then time your strike on the way back into the pocket uh so very impressive win for andre yule uh andrea kgb lee getting the win over montana de la rosa Uh, it was a competitive fight but you know lee got it done there Kevin Holland got the job done against Alessio Di Chirico. Uh, these guys had some kind of weird uh, altercation before the fight, uh, Instagram battle or or something. I don't I don't really know what went on there, but they were still exchanging words when the fight was over. Um, uh, but well, win for Kevin Holland, so uh, good for him. He looked good. He looked strong. Uh, is a tough guy, so that's a good win. Uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not watch every fight. Uh, but so I'll just talk about the ones that I was interested in. I, I told you guys last week, Jair Zeno Rosenstrike. This guy is a fucking scary heavyweight. Uh, huge, powerful, cuts weight to make heavyweight. Knocked out Alan Crowder in nine seconds and he knocked him out with a jab moving backwards now that wasn't the strike that knocked him out it was the big swinging clubbing strikes that he rained down on him after he fell down but if you were looking at this from behind rosen strike and you saw the strike land you wouldn't know what the fuck happened because crowder just hits the ground as rosen strikes moving backwards he flicked this jab out so quick that the camera behind him couldn't even pick it up. You had to see another angle, and then you saw he just snapped the jab right in his face. As he's moving backwards, I can't express to you guys how difficult this is and how how much it speaks to the power of Rosenstrike. And then when Crowder hit the ground, he followed up nine seconds. Uh, have a nice night. Uh, and... Man, this is a dude I've been telling you guys to keep an eye on for a while now. Uh, he had that nasty head kick knockout in his last fight. Uh, just a kickboxing machine. 
we have yet to see his grappling tested. So that would be the only thing that would concern me. But, uh, you know, with Daniel Cormier on his way out and possibly Stipe on his way out, it's not a very grappling heavy heavyweight division. Um, so I, I don't know if you want to throw this guy to the wolves just yet, but maybe like a tie to Yavasa would be a really fun fight. Um, you know, that head kick knockout of junior Albini proves that, that he can definitely hang. I think that was, that was only the second time he had even been to the second round. This guy finishes all his, all of his fights in the first round, pretty much. Um, only been to the decision one time in Ryzen. Uh, so this is a guy to keep to to keep your to keep your eye on. So Jairzino Rosenstrike. Uh don't ask me to spell it for you. Um, but uh, if you guys missed the prelims, definitely go back and check out that fight. And uh the last couple of things I'll I'll kind of breeze over here. Molly McCann uh, getting it done against uh, Ariane Lipsky. She was a three to one underdog in this fight, but Molly McCann. I don't understand why she was such a big underdog, but uh, coming away with unanimous decision here, so good for her. Um, Daron Wynn, a wrestler out of Missouri, he was actually recruited to wrestle there by Tyron Woodley, looking phenomenal against Eric Spicely. So. Uh, Deron Wynn making his UFC debut against Eric Spicely, who just returned to the UFC, took this fight on six days' notice, I believe. And Wynn, uh, world-class wrestler. Um, you, you know, he's got the backing of the former champ, Tyron Woodley, uh, vouching for him, so you know he's legit wrestling machine. But it was his boxing that won the fight against Eric Spicely. Obviously, not a lot of people want to go to the ground with Eric Spicely, so he used his wrestling in reverse to keep this fight standing. And he's a very small statured guy for this division. So he was able to use his head movement and his footwork to get inside. I mean, this guy's five foot seven and he's fighting at light heavyweight. That's that's ridiculous. He he's even smaller than Daniel Cormier. Um so I don't know, maybe this is not the weight class for him, but you know, you can't argue with the results. I mean, he did take a lot of damage in this fight. He took a lot of punches to the face. Uh, his face was pretty swollen up after the fact, but it was a very clear uh, victory um, for the young Daron Wynn, who is 6-0 and in MMA now. He, he 6-0 and as a pro, and he's never had, um, never had any amateur fights. He just wanted to dive straight into the deep end uh, and... So he's done. He's only he's only been to decision. This was only the second time he's been to decision. The second time was against uh, UFC veteran Tom Lawler, uh, and that was the Golden Boy MMA with uh, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz three that we would all love to forget. But unfortunately, I just had to read it right now uh, as I'm looking over his record. So uh, impressive win for Deron Win. Uh, yeah. So there was Bellator. This weekend as well, I did not watch it, but uh, I'll give the results for you guys who maybe are curious. Javier Lovato Jr. remains undefeated and and beats uh, Gegard Mousasi in the main event uh, for the middleweight championship. I did not see the fight, so I don't know how it went down. It was a majority decision, which means I guess one judge might have given it a, a, a draw, 
So maybe it was a close fight. Uh, Paul Daly uh, rebounding from his loss to MVP in that terrible fight with a unanimous decision over Eric Silva. It looks like pretty much the entire main card was all decisions. Um, I'm just looking for anything jumping out. Conor McGregor Jr. or uh, James Gallagher won his fight. So good for him, I guess. And yeah, uh, nothing else really grabbing my attention here. If there's anything I missed, uh, you know, if there's a UFC fight I didn't talk about that I need to go back and watch, please do let me know. Uh, if there's anything on this Bellator 223 card, which uh, took place in London, that, um, you know, I really shouldn't have missed, please do let me know. I have no intention of going back and watching this unless somebody says, hey, Bill, go fucking watch this, in which case, you know, I always take your recommendations, guys. Um, and I always look forward to hearing your, your opinions and your feedback, and I appreciate everybody who gives it to me. All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to have to wrap this one up here. I mean, hopefully I covered enough to uh, to get us through the week here, and we're, we're approaching July quickly. And let me see if there's anything else. What do we got on the horizon here? The next UFC is not until July 12th. So, oh, wait. Sorry, that's Bellator. June 29th. All right, so next weekend we got Francis Ngannou and Junior Dos Santos. All right, I'll take a look at this real quick. Um before we before we end here all right this actually looks like a pretty good card um at first glance francis Ngannou junior dos santos that's a fantastic main event who wouldn't want to see that uh damian maya and anthony rocco martin as the co-main event that's interesting because two very strong grapplers but i don't know if anthony martin would want to go to the ground with damian maya so uh that's a cool one. Joseph Benavidez and Jose Formiga trying to keep this flyweight division alive. You got Chaz Skelly, never in a boring fight uh, against Jordan Griffin. Big Maurice Green and Junior Albini. That's a fun heavyweight fight on the prelims. Um, Eric Anders trying to bounce back here also on the prelims, it looks like, against Vinicius Morea. Sergio Pettis hanging out at the bottom of this card against uh, Ricardo Lamo, uh, Ramos. Um, Roosevelt Roberts, uh, this guy, undefeated. Uh, very exciting fighter. He's he's going to be fighting Vince from Hell Pichel. Uh, keep an eye out for that one. This is actually, actually a very, very solid card. Drew Dober and Marco Polo Reyes. Uh, that's a fun one. All right. We got some good stuff going on here. This is good. Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. UFC on ESPN3. So this one will be on TV, guys. You got nothing going on Saturday night? Check this out. Or, uh, you know, DVR it. Uh, I think I'll be watching this one live. Because uh, I didn't get to, a chance to uh, watch the UFC live this weekend. All right. I need to recover. Because I, I'm... I'm running on fumes here, gang. Uh, hopefully, I, I gave you guys enough to get through the week, like I said. And uh, reach out to me if you have any feedback on the show or any suggestions. I'm, I'm always open to new things. We got a uh, Scotch month coming up next month. Don't forget about that. And 
I'm still planning my my brewery tour episode. I haven't forgotten. I know I promised it to you guys. Uh, some of you have let me know that you're looking forward to that, and I definitely appreciate that. Um, I want to really plan it out and and put a lot of thought into it, which is you know opposite of my usual strategy of of turning on YouTube and just recording live off the cuff. Um, any case, that's all I got for this week. If you guys want to get a hold of me, you already know it's at MMA on the Rocks Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All that stuff. Send me an email, mmaontherocksgmail.com. Visit the website, mmaontherocks.com. And that's it. I've had it. So I'm out of here. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.